0: Hello everybody, welcome to episode 195, that's 195, it is the e Wolves Podcast. I'm your host Nathan Jude. I'm delighted to be joined by the man who is single-handedly keeping Aldi in Wolverhampton alive with pop noodles, pop tarts, cake bars and a whole list of absolute crap that should not be entering your system, it is Mr. Joe Edwards. How's it going pal? I've got a new thing to add to the list. Um, what, after you, after your Pop-Tarts revelation last week? Yeah. Um,
1: right, so we, I'm drinking it right now. Oh, um, God. Chocolatey versus sugary? Um, is, it it, it's is it hot? Is it silky? It's hot. Uh, silky smooth taste, yeah. Um, Galaxy hot chocolate? No, uh, no it's, it, it is a hot beverage. Mm. Mm. Horlicks? I don't think you're going to get it. Uh, It's a taste sensation. It's biscuit-flavoured tea. Oh, God. Oh, what? What? Biscuit-flavoured tea. So it's like like you're drinking a malted milk. Uh, You know where we had the malted milk discussion a few months ago? Yes, this, I do. Yes, I'm, this, I'm.
0: I'm googling it now. What's it called? Biscuit flavored tea? Is that? Is that yeah, I, I think it's. A, is that what it is? What's the brand called? What's the brand? I oh, think it's them, York, know, I think club. it's Yorkshire tea. I think they've bought it oh, like go. some. Oh my God. Some Just, put, of... just put, it's unbelievable. I've just, I've just put biscuit flavored, and you always get, you always get the uh, the Google search of the most, the most um, Google things. So biscuit flavored tea, biscuit flavored champagne, biscuit flavored protein powder, biscuit flavored condoms. Excellent. News. Nice. Um, right, biscuit flavored tea. Biscuit right. Yorkshire tea. tea biscuit. Right. Okay. Yeah,
1: that that is what I am drinking. Rather now, right now, with a with my mug that says I'd rather be playing golf.
0: You can also have toast and jam Yorkshire tea as well. Uh, yeah, I saw
1: that. I thought that was a bit too out there, but I thought. That sell, than, is, that, is that an Aldi? In Aldi, they sell that, do they? No, this was um, this was Molly Asda Molly Oh, but going new, up in the world now. Yeah, someone's yeah. had a
0: pay rise. Jesus Christ! Well,
1: um, but yeah, p- p- pushed about out. I, I, I've come up with a theory though about Asda, Just very quickly, mm. I think Asda is a bit of a con. So you know, they they say, oh, you know, it's the low prices and whatever. Yeah. Whenever we do a shop in Asda,
0: mm. it's around £100. Bloody 100 quid. Honestly, it's mental. What are like... you buying, man? What are you buying? It's a bit of well, a well, oh, for, for, for click, if it's, uh, if it's Asda, their own this variety. Is, the, the problem with Asda
1: is you've got so much choice. And there's so many things on the oils and all these, like, you know, biscuit-flavoured tea and Mm. and all this kind of stuff. You just think, oh, I'll have a bit of that. Mm. I'll have a bit of that. Mm. The the thing about Aldi Mm. is you've got choice, but not too much. You've just got the stuff that you need. As well, in Asda, it's treats galore, and you end up just going overboard. But because it's all branded... You know, say a bottle of, bottle of Coke instead of fifty p or forty p or whatever it is in in Aldi. I don't know, two pound twenty in ASDA. You know what I mean? And it, yeah, it, and it, they go on like it's it's cheap. But it, two
0: pound two pound eighty nine uh, biscuit tea uh, no. in uh, and then but eight pound ninety if you buy it from Taylor's of Harrogate, unbelievable. I might have to try that just to just to see what the taste is like. I I don't think I'd like it. I think I'd rather have a physical biscuit to dunk into my tea and eat it. Yeah. Uh, But then,
1: it's not off-putting. It's just nice and subtle. It's quite nice. mm. It's not like it's not like bam in your face. You Mm. know what I mean? It's Mm. it's quite subtle. Goes down quite nice.
0: Um, You need to get rid of all this rubbish out of your system. All these preservatives and stuff like that. I must admit, I was disappointed yesterday. Yesterday, I was uh, I was doing my normal grooming. Um, at night time, which is, involves obviously a little bit of a face wash, and then I've got into like a midnight serum in in my face, like an oil, like an overall oil. After after washing away, you have a serum just to kind of like protect your face. And then I've got some concentrate like um, stuff for my eyes for like the um, just to prevent bags and wrinkles. And then you know you you leave it on over your overnight before you moisturize in the morning. It's about a twenty five minute task at night time. I think before I get ready for bed. But, I mean, you smell and feel great. But I found a spot the other day, and I must get, I mean, I'm quite lucky with my skin, maximum three spots a year, I reckon. Three to four spots a year. So I'm very, very (laughs) blessed with that. I was absolutely devastated. So um, I've got a little bit of, people say toothpaste to dry out. Have you heard that one before, to dry out the spot? It's only a little one, but, you know, when you think it could become... You know, significantly worse. And with with Leicester now on Sunday, I'm thinking I'm going to have to, you know, get the get the old uh, Max Factor out, and uh, I'm going to have uh, to dab a little bit. The old YSL PenMate, uh, as a, as a few of our TV friends will know, is an absolute godsend. So I think that could be a that could be in the old bag on Sunday, pal.
1: I hope not. Um, I hope it doesn't <laughs> come to that. But but with you, anything's <laughs> possible
0: yeah yeah it's true i do enjoy it mate i do enjoy it. you've got to get when you get to 40 mate the grooming has got to begin you've got to read if you haven't started at 30 you've got to begin at 40 otherwise you you're going down a slippery st- slippery slope and there's some i mean you walk around there's some ropey looking people around you know what i mean they're probably in their 30s or 40s but they look like their 50s mate i'm going to buy you some moisturizer for Christmas and that's the way forward yeah, well, I'm um,
1: in in my twenties, and
0: I—I I mean, everybody. Do you use beard oil? I mean, you've got a fair bushy, bushy beard. No, no. I mean, it's very bushy. I feel like you need to maybe soften it. Up. I haven't felt it before. I have a little tickle on it. Uh, well, a socially distanced tickle <laughs> oh, on yeah. uh, on Sunday, and see what it see if it's uh if it's grisly. But I feel like that could maybe be your your signature if you straighten out a little bit, and you, you know you can you can carve it. I mean, you know, the days when Nuno used to have an absolutely incredible bid and now it's a little yeah. bit more wispy as understandably you can't get to your barbers and you know the maybe diy is not really his thing so uh but i think maybe you should start shaping it and, and, and grooming it yourself mate it could be a good thing maybe we might have to go into another podcast there might be a discount code for you in an advert
1: well yes yes yeah and, and
0: very enthusiastically read out as well um i tell you what you was i tell you what was um Enthusiastic. I was enthusiastic, and I must admit, I stood up from my neutral press box seat when I saw Zhao Moutinho's goal go in in the second half. When I said to him, "Into myself, don't shoot, don't shoot." Um, and to be honest, I still, I'm still amazed that it that it went in because I think a lot of people were on Zhao's back in the fact that he wasn't really. Producing the performance on a consistent basis that we that we that we know and love, and, and I, it's understandable, mate. Far, like I always say, father time has never lost, and it's no, it's the phrase that you never ever like to hear, but it's an American phrase, and uh, it's something that you that you have to realise will always happen. And he's great, and I hope he goes to the Euros this year, and I hope he lights it up. And it's probably a swan song; I'm sure retire after that. But To get a goal from not just him, but the other central midfielder as well. I mean, that's just absolutely massive. In a game that was quite literally mental, bonkers, whack, whatever you can describe it. Because we could be discussing this podcast and talking about the game and talking about Leicester going... Good God, Brighton have just won, we're looking down the table, that was an abysmal performance. And yes, it does paper over the cracks somewhat. It was a strange, strange game. However, you're going into the game on Sunday now, and we'll talk about the preview, Leicester. With a lot more optimism, you're feeling better, even though we're not going to play against nine men every week. You just feel that weight has been lifted. They needed something, and yeah, they got a little bit of a helping hand. But goodness me, over the last two years and the disgusting look they've had in decisions and penalties and handballs and disallowed goals, they deserved it.
1: Yeah, it was almost like the footballing gods were looking down on them. It was, it was crazy because it was just one unbelievable moment after the other, and um, it. it, it you almost think why Why doesn't Martini have a shot more often <laughs> if, they, if that's what he's got in his locker um, he, 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 you know he could, he could be well, an he answer, struck it
0: it was, it was the to... power that he struck it with wasn't it it's the power yeah. really because you think normally with with Zhao it's a, not, not floaty because I mean that's his set pieces yeah. you know they're a little bit floaty he's, he's never really had that whip in it but it's a completely different technique and, and a different skill the way that he's done it and you know his set piece delivery I think especially at the start of his career, was unbelievable absolutely fantastic and kind of Rivalled Barry Douglas, and not not from the not from the whipping in point of view, but just that he had that nouse to know where to put the ball into the box. with well, they kind of missed, really, and kind of lacked. So, so the fact that he's done that, but even from the shots, even like you know, you remember his goals against um, Bournemouth away and Manchester United away. There's, the curling efforts, there's no yeah. real power. That was a, that was that. Lennon was beaten on pace and power there from from twenty five thirty yards out, which which was great from the little man.
1: Yeah, and it was more. It was a it was a goal that you would have expected Neves to have scored. It was a, it yeah. was a it was a Neves goal scored scored by Matuidi. Yeah. yeah. Um, and obviously, you know, everybody's had come under scrutiny over the past few months, uh, but probably Matuidi among the most really. Um, and it was good to see him responding and, and, and to get that goal. I thought his his overall play was a lot more positive. Um, looking to make forward passes more moving the ball about quicker with more purpose more intent Um, you know I I still think the criticism that he has had is warranted and to be honest I still think there is an argument to use him more sparingly Um, you know games like when he played at Chorley I don't think it really did anybody a great deal of help him playing at Chorley and it it shown in his performance that wasn't his game Mm -hmm. you know playing on a it was a decent pitch considering their national league north standard, but it's nothing like what he usually plays on. And he didn't yeah. suit him, and he, he, you know, he performed poorly against Chorley, to be honest. So I still think there is an onus on using him more cleverly, and him not exactly being a guaranteed starter week in week out. I think, you know, as you say, whatever your phrase is, father time is the best or whatever. <laughs> i don't wow. know what, i don't know what that phrase is i've never heard it before ali ever heard you say it father time
0: is undefeated mate undefeated right okay but um
1: I, I, that along those lines you know he he's, he's an, an aging player that that is just that is just the you know the, the 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 reality of it. and um i do think there is an argument to use him more uh, sparingly and not exactly use him week in and week out but uh, that that shows that those moments are still there. That quality is still there, and if used in the right manner, it can still be a a, a really big asset for Wolves.
0: Well, look, I mean, I know the thing is, you know, I know he's enthusiastic about the game and he wants to play. He'll probably need a rest as well. But the fact that someone like Leander Donker has not stepped up at all to the plate. Um, it's kind of forces Nuno Hans to say, well, if you're not showing me yeah. anything, I'm going to go to my tried and tested and my most experienced people. Because if I've got a big game and I need a result, I'm going to go to the people I can rely on. And so, you know, it, it's kind of an, a real a real disaster for Dendonka that he's in a big game like that. And, you know, you think, OK, well, you really need someone in, in, in this kind of game, some sort of gritty type box-to-box midfielder. Sorry, mate, you're on the bench. Because uh, he's got to, he's got to, as a lot of people have got to do, and I said it before, that it doesn't paper over the cracks of what was a woeful first half of football, but, uh, but. You know he's got. To, they've got to show more, and he's got to show more. Dendonka. Hopefully that gives him a kick up the arse going into Sunday. Uh, you know whether he plays or not, because these kind of plays, especially with the Euros coming round as well, they've got to, they're playing for places, international teams as well, not only just the club teams. And if Leander Dendonka can't get into his club team, then I mean, you know, he might he might struggle big time in in the Belgian national squad.
1: Yeah, and in you know, the the midfielders got the goals and they and they stepped up and you know helped Wars to victory, and that's. Hopefully that can be a springboard moving forward because we've said so many times that the midfield needs to do more, um, and and that remains the case. Um, you know, j- just because it's one game doesn't mean the problems are solved. I mean, it's a step in the right direction, but you've got to carry on moving forward in in that right direction. So it's um, the midfield remains a a big area for Wolves and a, an area where players you know have got to step up on a consistent basis. Good start against Arsenal. And uh, hopefully they can they can move forward and uh, keep showing the the quality that that they have.
0: Uh, quality they didn't really have, and it wasn't really his fault. Was it left back. Yeah. Uh, um. If they're going to continue playing four, I, I, don't get me wrong. I quite like to see. I like to see Triore Pedence, Neto. Um. You know, across that supporting supporting Jose. I, I'm happy with that. However as soon as Johnny comes back he can't come back soon enough and at the same time you cannot rush this guy back he's going to have to play he's going to get minutes on the pitch he's got to get you know I know his fitness is fantastic but he still needs to get match fitness so you can't rush him back for the sake of of of, of filling a gap but uh, goodness me it's uh, the, you know Kilman we tried Say, they tried Nouri they've tried um, who Marcel. else has played Marcel has played there as well so you know if they're going to carry on, I'm a little bit worried on on Saturday. Oh, sorry, Sunday. Of what left back option there's going to be? Do you play Kilman again? Because it, I mean, he got absolutely rinsed, and like I say, he's a centre back. Max Kilman he's not a left back. He'll probably be the first one to admit he's not a left back. But if Nuno wants him to do a job. He'll do a job. It'd be um, it's an interesting decision he's got to make because especially when you look at Nuri and the way that he performed at Leicester away earlier on this season, there's going to be question marks there.
1: Yeah, I mean if. I mean we'll we'll find out from now, but if if now none of them are back and the situation is the same I I think I'd I'd sooner play Hoover than uh, than than Kilman um and perhaps... Hoover at left
0: or Hoover at right and move move Simado across
1: either or to be honest um mm. perhaps even Hoover left if, if even if you if you think it's going to damage Smedo but um yeah. I I think I'd sooner have Hoover on his weaker foot um hmm. but just being more of a full back and more agile and more knowing of you know what the role as a full back entails um than 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 Kilman being a, a center half that is clearly you know playing out of position or, you know he he in the end he you know also have won the game and you know he, he he was able to steady the ship a bit more in the second half of course not pressurized at anything like he was in the first as arsenal fell down to 10 and then 9 um, not not anything really mm. against Kilman, but he, he's just not he's just not a left back, and um, he hasn't really no. got that agility to to get up and down the pitch. So, um, if it was me and the situation was still the same, you know, if it was you've got to you're keeping Samado on the right, you've got to have Hoover or Kilman at left back. I'd go for Hoover.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one. We'll see what Norrie's situation is, which kind of brings me to. Uh, to the loadies with Vitini coming on as well Joe uh, and missing a cracking chance towards the end of the game and you go go, oh god I mean that's got to be 3-1 against nine men and then Arsenal have a couple of chances at the other end or a couple of attacks and you're thinking please, please, please do not do not concede against nine men Um, but we've seen glimpses of william jose he obviously got the uh the penalty which uh which louise got sent off for and then they converted that so it's kind of like a an assist at least in fantasy terms uh okay, and yes yeah. i do got him in for um uh, for brilliant but out from the from the from what we've seen at palace and and here i i really like him i really like him yeah. i know he hasn't scored yet but i think he's just the cup of tea not only for this season, waiting for Rail to get back, but, but then some and, and going into next season. They've needed a striker for a long time and, and you know, I can see him scoring goals in this team. I really, really can. I think he's a threat. His movement's good. You can tell that his experience He's lively. He knows where other players are making runs. He doesn't have to look up. He's got all the attributes. Huh? kind of amazed really that they've got him on loan to playing nothing. And you know, I know this that kinda of the loan fee gets added on if they do end up taking that that option on him. But goodness me, you've done a piece today, Joe, about the three loanies that have got in Vitinya and Nuri and, and William and, and and at the same time, I think Jose's gone to the top of that queue already, even in the in the short time that he's been at the club.
1: Yeah, definitely. I, th- I think he has. And it ultimately comes down to you know, you've got three players here that if the options are taken up, uh, taken up in the summer, it's a combined sixty million pound, which is a lot a of lot, money.
0: It's a lot of money.
1: A lot of money. I mean, regardless of what Wolves do in the summer, if if, if they do make a sale uh, to kind of fund business, or whether they decide to just kind of kind of push the boat out a bit more and spend money without necessarily making money back, I don't think they can afford to spend sixty million pound on on three players that. You know, are already part of things. So I, I really think it's it's a case of one uh, at a push, two. Um, and at, at the minute, I, I do think Jose, despite having only played three games so far, is the best bet. And you you look at him and you think there's there's even a, a signs that he could perhaps play alongside him. in his I don't think they're too similar, of course they, you know, they both hold the ball up well and bring others into play, but. I do think Jose is a different kind of striker than Jimenez he's a more obvious target man um and I do think they could complement each other quite well and then you know you've got you've got the fact that he's he's coming in and he's a season pro and he knows what it's all about as
0: where. Doesn't look yeah. over raw, does he? he? looks very no. comfortable in himself and his skin. Yeah. He, he looks, he, he just, you know, when you walk on the pitch, his posture, his stance, the, the way yeah. that he attacks the ball, he knows he's absolutely got no problem whatsoever. And he's taken no time, no time at all to get into the Premier League. He doesn't look off the pace at all. He looks, he looks very, very fit, to be honest. Yeah,
1: exactly. And as where we've, you know, Balfait, like Nuri, and Vettini, you're buying potential. And, you know, as we've seen this season, you know, Wolves this summer last. Summer was all about potential, and that has backfired, you know. Mm-hmm. In terms, in terms of where Wolves are in the table at the minute, I mean, in the short, in the long term, it could be amazing, but in the short term, the squad really, y- you can say now, was weakened. Mm-hmm. You know, f- f- from from the from the sales of Doherty and Jota, they weren't properly replaced, and you know, and the and the squad has been, you know, worse off really, especially with the injuries coming into it. Of course, the you, you can't really legislate for those, but. You know they're not in a better position than they were like last season. So, in terms of Aitnuri and Vitinia, they're both risky in in my eyes. And if the season was to end tomorrow, I wouldn't buy either of them, um, to be honest. And you know the the onus is on them now to to impress in these final few months. With Vitinia, if Noonau does stick to a four three three, there could be scope for him to get more game time as a spearhead of of that uh, midfield three, if you like. Um, but Ait Nuri has blown up and cold. of course he's he's, he's been missing the couple of, last couple of games with an injury and you know for, for those two players really you don't look at either of them there and think they're going to be starting a lot of games next season mm. and if you're spending 20, 20 million on Ait Nuri 18 million on Vitinha to ultimately be, be back up you know what I mean it, it, can you really justify uh, doing that so um it's a big few months for those two players in particular. Of course, Jose is not a given. He's still got to score goals and do what he's been ultimately brought in uh, to do, and that's put the ball in the net. But looking at his early performances, you think it's just a matter of time. He's linking up well with Neto already. There's signs of a, you know, an understanding between him and Pedes, and that's with, you know, what what would he have had five or six training sessions mm-hmm. uh, in between three games? So he he looks like. You know, the type of player that will link up well, bring others into play, get a few goals himself. And um, yeah, at the minute, for me, looks the uh, the safest bet in terms of who you're going to spend the money on in the summer.
0: Yeah, and look, with Ryan Giles doing very well in the Championship, you know, you look, at, you look at him and you think, well, is there too much difference between him and Nuri if Ryan Giles was playing? Maybe, maybe not. But, you know, at the same time, if Johnny's going to be your number one left wing back next season, you still need to have a decent deputy underneath him if if johnny and touchwood he doesn't get injured early on for a long length of time you don't really want you wouldn't really feel confident with the giles or may, even a Nuri, really would you for for the rest of the season or for a decent amount of time if you are going to be challenging and i do feel wolves need to be challenging next season um you know with with everything that's gone on this year uh, and with players back i think that they have to have a good summer and they have to be challenging otherwise there will be question marks
1: yeah, I I think you look at those three players at the moment. I think Jose is top in terms of potential of being signed. I think Ait Nuri is probably second because you look at the game time compared to him and him and uh Vitina and, and the highs of Ait Nuri have been pretty high actually. When he's been on it, he's been fantastic. Um but when he's been bad he's been he's been pretty woulful to be honest. So it's just be just blown very hot and cold and and that is that is a young player who's got less than fifty senior appearances under his belt. In a nutshell, that's what you're going to get, and 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 the same with that there'll, there'll be games where he looks very cultured. I do like the look of him. I think he carries the ball very nicely. He's clearly very gifted, um, but you know they're not really going to do it. I don't think in the here and there, and and for next season for Wolves, especially after this season that you know that has been has been a disappointment that. There is an onus on hitting the ground running next season and having players that are established. And I know Wolves won't necessarily probably sign household names, you know, um, they haven't done under now, but at least sign players of top level experience. You know, Jose, you know, some of us had obviously heard of him, and the people who play FIFA and football manager would have heard of Jose before he came in in January, but he's not exactly a household name, but at least he's somebody. Who has top level experience? Has got a good record in a top league, and can come in and you know, pretty pretty good chance of doing a job straight away. So I think that's that's the awareness in the summer. Um, They they look to the future. This summer, uh, well, this past summer, didn't didn't it didn't pay off. So I think they've got to learn the lessons from that, and and this summer coming, uh, get established players as, as, as much as possible.
0: Yeah, uh, Wolves 14th in the table, 26 points in 22 games, not ideal. However, and I know a few people um, uh, were a bit grumbly with me on on on, on the old Wolves Twitter this week uh, when I did suggest before the game, <laughs> and I've suggested in, in, in previous podcasts as well. I don't believe Wolves are in trouble, and I know that's uh, maybe at the end of that first half. If that if Luisun gets sent off and the three nil down, then I might have to change that opinion. But I never really thought that they would be in a relegation battle. I know a lot of people do. Um, and a lot of people still might. Look, they're closer to sixth than they are 18th at this moment in time. Um, Wolves are, let's have a look, they're six points away from from Villa uh, in ninth. They're seven points away from Tottenham in eighth. Uh, West Brom Fulham I mean Fulham have 14 points from 21 and Wolves have 26 points from 22 and I understand a a relegation battle and a a relegation are two completely different things I don't think they're in either and and maybe I'll be completely wrong but I think that that result I would expect them to respond from that and and have a decent performance on on Sunday and if they can get through these next two games uh, against against Leicester and Southampton, they've got a really nice run of games. And I get the caveat. OK, well, it's a nice run of games, but if you're against struggling sides and and you're not playing very well, it's not a nice run of games. I understand that. However, Wolves have got enough quality for me, not only to not be relegated, but not to be anywhere near that relegation battle. I think 14th is probably as low as they're going to go. And I think that there's a mini league between Villar in 9th, and Wolves are in 14th, where I think any team can be top and bottom of that. And for me, that's not involved in anything sinister. Yeah,
1: I I, I mean, at the moment, I wouldn't say that they're in a relegation battle at at, at the moment. I mean, if they lose a few more games in in a row and, you know, Fulham pick up one or two results, then you could could say that they are. But I I don't think, you know, you can really say at the minute they're in a relegation battle. Um, But there's still very much an onus on... On kind of getting results in the bag. I mean, one win over Arsenal doesn't doesn't mean that they're that they're, they're back on track and that the the old Wolves is back and the rest of the season is going to be hunky-dory because you know the, the, there was obvious problems in that game still and you know Ruben never said as much afterwards. To be fair to him, that there's still a, a great deal of improvement that Wolves need to make and they're not playing as as they'd like to be, um, but. When you when you confident, so confidence as Wolves were in those first ten minutes, I mean, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen them look so so panicked and anxious in everything that they did. Um, when you're at that point, you just need a bit of luck to go for you, and Wolves had that in spades against Arsenal. Yeah. Uh, so um, yeah, it, it, if that can if that can be the the turning point, if you like, that would be fantastic. But equally. They, they, they've got to show consistency they've got to improve to make sure that they start climbing the table
0: yeah, there's a run of games Joe and man City's in in this in this space, but there's a run of ten games here where you, I just think I just can't see them either the way that they were playing not picking up at least three to four wins or or you know ten points Newcastle away villa away okay they've got man city. West Ham at home. I know West Ham are playing well, but they still you still get something. West Ham at home, Fulham away, Sheffield United at home, Burnley at home, West Brom away, Brighton at home. All in all in a row. I mean, I think they'll be fine. And you've got to think those games, West Ham, Fulham, Sheffield United, Burnley, West Brom, Brighton, are in April and maybe, maybe, maybe we might see Raoul back by April. Um, you know, we talk, Nuno's talked about yeah. him being confident to play at some point this season. I mean, it's not going to be February and probably not going to be March, but another two months and you might be looking at potentially him returning. And I don't think he'll need to return. I think Wolves will be fine even if he didn't return then and maybe only played the last two or three. But I think that all with Johnny back as well, with the team playing, having that balance back with, with Semedo starting to find his feet going forward, I think they'll be. I think they'll be fine, and I understand it. I understand the frustration. I understand people being at home. I understand the animosity amongst um, fans, really, when they sometimes have a go at journalists. Which they probably don't mean it, but I understand that we're kind of the go between between the players and the staff sometimes in the club, uh, and we're the ones that they can almost express their opinions to, however harsh it may seem sometimes and we've all got it we've all had it in the past and i i do think some of it sometimes is a below the belt but you know I, i think when people are back when people are winning you kind of that all kind of dissipates and 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 for me for me I think they'll be fine and I think hopefully the the crowd and the fan base will understand what this season is, what what this season has been. They'll understand we have had success and amazing success over the last three years but look, let's take this season for what it is. Let's get in, let's get out, let's get back at Molyneux and let's really come again next season.
1: Yeah, I mean, this shouldn't be the aim. They should be aiming higher than this but if they win four games in that run, they'll have 38 points and you've got to think that would be enough. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? the 40-point the barrier is a bit of a myth these days. It doesn't necessarily yeah. tend to be 40 points. It tends to be about 36, somewhat like oh, that, What Did Villa,
0: really. did Villa uh, set up on 34, 35 last year, did they, or
1: something yeah, like that? I def, yeah, I don't think they... They definitely didn't get 40. So, I mean, Fulham at the moment are on 14, Albion on 12, and Sheffield United on on 11. I mean, any of those sides are going to be doing well to get to 40 points. So, yeah. uh, that it's not... It shouldn't be the aim just to just to survive, but I'm just saying that you know it would take a yeah 35 the,
0: they stayed up on yeah 35 points. yeah
1: so it would take quite the slide for Wolves to really get sucked into it you know towards mm-hmm. the end they'd have, they'd have to go on a on a really bad winless run um, yeah you know so so hopefully they can get to that you know to that kind of 40 point barrier sooner sooner rather than later and then hopefully build on that and try to get towards 50 um i mean it's yeah if they can get towards 50 points that'll probably be you know around 10th or 9th or something like that and if they could finish that that high and if still they've, they've got the of course the the fa cup still still as well so it you know all things considered if they could sneak into that top half keep going in the fa cup and try and get to you know a, a good good late rounds of that competition then um yeah i think you just take stock and uh look to the future and hopefully improve with a with a Newback new back.
0: Early section of questions from the peeps this week, Joe. Uh, get some good questions, so let's uh, let's crack on. Lynx Wolf says, "I like Ryan Giles. I think he could be as good as Norrie or Hoover, but as hardly featuring the squad is now on loan at Rotherham. Whilst we try to play size or even worse Kilman at left back. Why? Also, I think Kilman could be a cracking defensive midfielder with his size and ability on the ball." Um. So Giles. Charles
1: needed games, and he's getting them at Rotherham now, which is which is very good. And it, I mean, he, he he did have a decent time at Coventry, but then they'd had um, six loan players in the end, and you can only nine five in the squad. And once Charles was the victim of that, then Bulls quickly recalled him and got him out somewhere else where he was more likely to play. And he's already scored a couple of goals at Rotherham. So the best thing for him is to get is to get regular football, and he'll he'll do that between now and the end of the season. Um, and then it's just a case of assessing him in the summer and seeing where he is. I think I think that's 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 the best you can do. If he's not ready in the summer still, then you have to get him out on loan again. But hopefully, come the summer after a proper season in the championship, scoring a few goals, getting himself some you know proper men's football under his belt. I mean, he's, he's probably he's got he's got a good amount of experience now. He's had a few loan spells, um, so maybe in the summer that he could try and properly stake a claim. Um, and then with Kilman. Yeah, well, I, I agree. I, I think I think he's he's solid. I I, I really do. I, I I like I like how you know he he doesn't necessarily seem to be phased by things. He he goes about his business pretty quietly, which is which is good, you know. And you, you don't necessarily notice him making uh, any large mistakes or real kind of errors. I mean, of course, at left back it's a bit of a different equation, but he's not a left back, um, but. You know I think there will be you know the next step for him for Kilman is perhaps not always being that one that goes a bit unnoticed, and perhaps you know having those bolly moments for example, where he'll make a, a huge block or he'll come up with the odd goal or you know what I mean that can it's not up to centre halves to be match winners, but some of the top center halves can be that at times you know whether mm-hmm. it's a whether it's a goal-saving block, whether it's a last-ditch challenge, or just sweeping up everything that comes into the box, I think that's the next step for Kilman now. Um, he's got he's got himself a good amount of experience. He's he's held his own, and then I think that will be the aim for everybody at Wolves to really get him to that next level of confidence, where he can really kind of grab games and say, you know, I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a experienced head, and I can really carry this weight on my shoulders and really help the team win games there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Karen uh, uh, comes up with a great point. Great point. And uh, I think um I think the goal scorer himself uh, mentioned this in his in his post-match interview with the boys at, at Wolves. Can we have a shout out to Ruben Neves for missing the birth of his baby boy. Uh who knows he will get to see him but he will get to see him just doing his job eh. So I, I think um this was um she was in labor at Palace I believe. And then he's yeah. travelled down, and then obviously got to got to isolate, uh, etc., and uh, and be with the with be with the players in their bubble, and then hadn't seen them uh, even when he played the game the other night and, and scored. So um, amazing, really amazing commitment, and things that you don't really hear about, do you? You know, I think a lot of people make a song and dance of it, and he just gets on with his job and. And we do sometimes forget as fans, I think, um, you know, the the strains of people and missing their family and being separated, not just, you know, from a daily basis, but, you know, or, or, you know, cities apart, but countries apart with with Nuno and and everything and with, with his family. And it is very, very difficult. And when you're sacrificing, you know, because it's part of his job. Uh, amazing really, amazing from, from him. I'm sure a lot of players and a lot of people would have probably been allowed to go or whatever but he wanted to stay, wanted to stay with his teammates and, and fair play to Ruben.
1: Yeah, it, it is It is a part and it? it's it's something to, to really kind of factor in. It's not the decisive factor as to why Wolves haven't been quite at that level last season. It's down to a lot of things and you can't just put it on that but it, it's some it's something that has come into the equation that Wolves are a very tight-knit group, and I know that might sound a bit of a cliche, but you, you spoke about it before that, you know, they all kind of live in the area. Most of their partners are there with them, and they'll socialise together, you know, away from training. They'll kind of, you know, go go around each other's houses, and they're all, you know, say, so Neves' kids are, are friends with, you know... But, Mat- Matinho's family uh, you know what I mean it, 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 but that's something that has had to had to kind of go away during this time and the the the, the time that they get together at the training ground obviously is beneficial but it, outside of that they, they don't really get anything there I mean they all go to that Italian restaurant didn't they May in Compton and they haven't been able to do that and stuff like that I know it's it might only seem like small things, but in, it's uh, a
0: small thing. Yeah, exactly. It's a small thing, Joe. You know, and even and I know they take it, take advantage of it, and because you know, I understand a lot of other players and a lot of other teams have, have players all around the con- the country and all around the world, such as football today, but. You know, even the little things where, like, they have a game on Friday, they won't be back until Monday, and you'll see them all going across and getting on a plane, and they'll be going home and going to Portugal for a couple of days, just for that little bit of, you know, time with the family and with loved ones, and and coming back refreshed. And it's what a lot of a lot of professional footballers do these days. They do get on a plane and they do go and see them, you know. But they can't just go around the corner like you know your British core that you've got, where they've got everyone in and around them. But that's that's really important, and the fact that they've they're around the place, but they can't, really, you know, at the same time you're distancing to a certain. extent Extent and you're testing it is a very strange environment that everybody is in but it, it does definitely um, play a part I think in, in, in a lot of people's performances and and just the general day-to-day aspects of the club
1: yeah yeah it de- definitely it, it's it, it might seem a small thing and some, some people might say oh well they get paid a lot of money but but the, but they are human. And that they will go through the same things that a lot of us are going through: missing family and um, you yeah, know missing just going out and being able to socialise. So uh, mm. it's not the decisive factor, you know. It's not the reason that they've that they've dropped off this season. I mean, you know, they're, they're just there's been a variety of things, but it is something that that has played a little bit of a part.
0: Oh, mate, I, I miss downing a few pints in the Hogshead, mate, post-match. Oh, mate, I used to love doing that. I used to love it. used to love bantering with everyone, having a few pints, having a few chases, mate, then going on to whatever nightclub there is in Wolverhampton that I've got no idea about. But I used to love it. I used to love it, mate. You know me. First yeah. in, last out. <laughs> um, but... uh, Mars Music Show, in both your times following Wolves, who is the best loan signing that we failed to make permanent? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I mean, they have got the main people, I guess. They put up permanently, you know. The likes like Costa and Jota and and Bolly and Neves. I think yeah. they all got those guys. Oh, who I've seen—that's a tough one. I, I guess I guess and not that you'd ever think it at the time and obviously you're delighted with someone like Rui now but Martinez not saying he dropped a couple of claggers by the way the other night for Villa but I mean he's obviously gone on to do very very well He had him on loan didn't they I would have thought In my, I mean i have yeah, yeah. only been a short time but that kind of would be one of them I guess
1: yeah I mean he was a bit rowpy it was
0: yeah um, I really I'm
1: quite struggling actually Come on, in mate. You're a
0: Wolves guy. Come on.
1: <laughs> but as you say, if if they if they've been any good, then you know most of the time that the they, snapped been, up,
0: aren't they? They've been snapped up. I'm mm.
1: Just trying to think if there was anybody in that first kind of Premier League spell that was really good. I, no, I can't, I can't. I can't think of of anyone that really stands out. Just give me
0: someone, mate. Shea Ojo, yeah? Someone, <laughs> someone
1: like that. They had Tom Uddleston Udarlos- Ud- in the mid-2000s who went on to have a very good career. The, mm-hmm. Maybe somebody like him.
0: There you go, Tommy H, mate, Tommy H. Uh, Stu, a uh, big, big friend, uh, did a lot of videos for me as well. Top man. Is uh, a fan base as pathetic and weird as Arsenal's? I tell you what, honestly, I mean, I, I really am not privy to a lot of this stuff because I, and, and I kind of let it go over my head a lot of the, the wars of, uh, against other clubs and stuff like that because you know, people antagonise each other and whatever, but some of the stuff that, that, that was sent to me that, are, that some of the Arsenal fans were posting, it's absolutely disgusting absolutely mm. discuss about phobia and Kilman. And I'm like, how do yeah. uh, people have got to become accountable? And, uh, you know, we, we talked a bit about it, you know, last week as well. And Ibiza Wolves kind of putting a post together and saying, look, I'm happy with debate. I won't agree with people. People won't agree with me, but you can have a you know, we can have a chat. We're still part of a family here. These are my details. And I don't expect everybody to do that. But it was nice and refreshing that someone would go yeah, out yeah. of their way to do that and say, look, you know, we're all different. And God, if we all have the same opinion, the, the world would be a very, very boring place. But there comes a point when you've got to have accountability, and you've got to really look at these people, and they've got to not just um, you know be reprimanded and have the Twitter accounts taken away. The, for me, they've got to they've got to have, uh, the police have got to come in here, and they've got to be arrested, and they've got to be you know warned, and they've got to be doing community service, and they've got to come down on them hard straight away to stop this because it's a uh, it's horrendous, horrendous. And I don't care whether you're you're 15 or 16 or 20 or 50 or 70. I mean, there's a guy who got arrested I think this week, and he was in his mid to late fifties. Um, with the the abuse on Romantic on um, soyers. on soyers, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah. you know, it's 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 not just young kids. They, these these are adults as well, and and you know they they're just they're tapped, warped, and uh, and and to be honest, we shouldn't really give them the time of day. But it is, it is embarrassing and disgusting, and 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 they walk among us, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, I
1: mean, yeah. On. I just think there should be something where you have to provide more details for when you have a Twitter account. But I don't know if Twitter would do that because their user base would absolutely plummet. If mm-hmm. if that was the case, you know what I mean. I don't know if there's really an appetite to do that. So I, I do understand that some people have that anonymity because you know you've got whistleblower accounts, you've got people that you know don't exactly need to be uh, named. You know I, I do get that, and the, the you know there's people who are perhaps vulnerable and stuff like that. I I, I get it but and yourself, you know. Joe.
0: You know, I think Paul and Gerage are just asking you know about, about some of the, the stuff that you've had, you know, recently. And it's it's not it's 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 put it's shocking in it really. But some of the stuff you just got to just let it go because you know if 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 it affected any you know every single person, it's just uh, you, you know you wouldn't, be doing, you wouldn't be doing the job, would you? You know, Tim's had the same. I've had the same. You've had the same. It's just unfortunately, it's it's the unfortunate part and parcel of of the world that we live in, especially at this moment yeah. in time as well, where it is toxic.
1: Yeah, and that—that's the thing, isn't it? People are cooped up indoors, and you know, unfortunately, some people just resort to trying to get a rise out of others. And mm. uh, that, that's that, as you say, it's uh its just
0: the way, just the way it is. Uh, Darren May, did David Luiz's red card punishment get upgraded after they lost their appeal? No, I, I don't think so. I think they, when you get something upgraded, and to be honest, it happens very rarely these days. If it's a flippant and complete disregard for the rules, and you're just doing it, really. Um, to, to, I guess, gain an advantage and to to try and delay to, to delay a verdict, so they can play in a game. I think that's when uh, you can you can get extra games. But to be, you know, look, I think Louise was, and don't get me wrong, like David Luiz, th- you know, people have got issues with him. I think with with some of the stuff he's done in the past, with you know, with with some of his red cards. I'm not talking about the Raúl situation because that was a 100 percent mistake. I don't care if it, yeah. what you think it was. It was one, so I'm not blaming about not not even a, a, an inch of it of blame. But at the same time he is David Luiz and he does give away penalties and he does get red card and he's a bit of a hothead and, and you know, in between you just have the odd excellent game, but he was a little bit unlucky there, but it was a penalty. With the letter of the law, you've got to send him off as well. I know there's the double jeopardy rule, but that didn't come into, into play on this occasion. No, it, it was a
1: sending off by by the book. I mean, whether the whether the rules are right is a is a is a mm-hmm. different question. I mean we've we've had this We've had this discussion, haven't we, with handballs and stuff like that before? Where, you know, whether whether the rule is actually a good rule. Um, in that he hasn't made an attempt to play the ball, so he's sent off. I mean, yeah, I mean, what? That that that's a pretty grey area. What is a genuine attempt to play the ball in in those situations? I mean, if you've missed the ball and caught the man, then you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. It, it's just mm-hmm. a it's just a bit of a weird one, anyway. But, um, yeah, in in the rules, in their current interpretation, I know the rules are changing all the time and I seem to be able to settle on many things. But Mm. with the rules as they are, that that decision was correct, even if it does feel hard done by.
0: Yeah, Uh, John Littner says, Of all the summer and January transfer targets, which one do you wish Wolves had signed? Hindsight is a wonderful thing.
1: Uh, Ruben Diaz from a couple of years ago, probably
0: yeah Diaz would have been good one. I know you think well, you never get him now, but when you when you identify a target like that, and if you haven 't got a top four club that's come in for you and he's available, then you see a lot of brilliant players coming to to clubs that maybe aren't you know your Liverpools or your manchester cities and 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 flourishing, and then you can if you want it yeah. coming for them, you you're paying paying double the money. But yeah, that would have been a that would have been a dream, wouldn't it? And hopefully they can unearth something like that this summer. Because as we've said, Joe, they have to sign a centre back. I think they have to sign maybe one or two centre backs to be honest. But they've got to sign one absolute quality baller, especially if they're going to play four.
1: Yeah, Ruben Diaz, and then another one that. Looking at how things have gone and how he. Got a move in the, in the circumstances he did. Carlos Vinicius, I think, could have could have been in an hypothetical world, could have been a very good signing because mm. he's gone to Spurs with a loan, with a pretty short, you know, cheap loan fee, with a reasonable option to buy. I mean, remember when it was being talked about in the Portuguese press last year and st- some of the astronomical prices that it would take for him to to be signed? They just didn't come to fruition. And you know, Wolves ended up spending 35 million on Fabio Silva, a project for the Mm -hmm. future. Then they've got in, got in Jose, who I very much like the look of. But you do wonder, you know, if you could rewind time and whether it was realistic, whether the signing of Vinicius could have done two jobs in one, you Mm -hmm. know, rather than having to go in the summer and then go back in the market in January. You know, I know he's not exactly set the world alight at Spurs, and he's been a. More of a cup mean, did you see the, you see the chance
0: he missed last night of the six yards? Yeah, yeah it wasn't great.
1: Yeah, but I don't know. I, I think you know. You look at whether the, I don't think to be honest that, that it was ever a concrete kind of thing. It was just mm. a, a thing in the Portuguese press. But in an hypothetical world, maybe you know we've already panned out for him at Spurs. You know, Carlos Vinicius. But odd. Um, yeah, Ruben Diaz is the big one.
0: Uh David Evans says, which wolves players are the equivalents of Jackie Weaver and Allard What
1: what what's what's this?
0: Oh Joe, come on. Come on. Come on you, have you not seen this? Have you not seen this viral? Have you not no 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 This you're is you this is me now in for, for a fact. I don't know what this is gonna be. You should know who this is, mate. You should yield with your topic have you not seen this viral video this? It's like a Think it's like a parish parish council meeting that goes crazy and they go off. It's like these, you know, this uh 70 year old woman and a guy, and she 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 chucks him off the zoom chat and she tries to have this coop of 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 nominating a new chairman and then there's two there's two guys on the couch and he's shouting at her saying, I'm vice chairman, you can't overrule this. It's just gone on it's gone absolutely mate, you gotta watch it. It's absolute genius, honestly. It's like a parish council meeting on acid. It's absolutely superb. like about two minutes long the clip I'm probably on BBC today but oh it's so good it's so good basically about about you know a coup power and getting 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 people at the, at the top of their their little uh their little group so I would say I would say you've got to have if you, who are the who are the Wolves player equivalents definitely google it anyone who hasn't watched it by the way Jackie Weaver and Alan that's all you need to put in into the search engine uh, you've got to think it's got to be hierarchy so you've got to say Jackie Wolves, Jackie Weaver, and Alley. you probably have to say Rui Pedro, Silver, and probably in Throw in some kind of in some kind of coup military coup at Wolves. Uh, oh, it's so good! If, please, 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 Google it later on if you haven't uh, if you haven't seen that one yet. Superb. Okay, uh, moving on. Um, David Ganson did two moments of brilliance paper over the defensive cracks, Joe. Uh,
1: a little bit, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, there was still, as we say you know issues in that game and if they start anything like that against Leicester then they could be out of sight in 20 minutes I mean it could have been a cricket score the way it was going mm-hmm. I was just thought right they're going to be on the end of a real drubbing hour five or six you know um but thankfully it didn't turn out that way but yeah that you can't afford to start games like that uh, consistently because you will get turned over
0: Hayden O'Connor, I hope you made up for the lack of fans in the stadium celebrating Zhao's absolute thronker. Is that the best goal since lockdown? Um, I don't think it's the best goal since lockdown. We've seen a couple of really good ones. The netto winner comes to mind, not not from the actual goal, but the actual if there was a full crowd, you know, 30,000 plus Wolves fans and they've scored and they've got that winner against Chelsea, I think then that would have been an amazing moment in that stadium. You probably think of a couple of others, Joe. Yeah, Even or do you think it golden? might be the Moutinho?
1: It, it might. I think Moutinho is a pure strike. He's definitely, mm. you know, the best goal that we've seen this season. Um, but remember Jimenez's at Sheffield United on the opening day—that kind of team move, and then the cross in, and then the volley into so kind of yeah. the net. That—that that was a nice goal. You know, it was just a nice team move. You know, it's it, you know, it, <laughs> it, it thought, oh, what, what can be achieved this season? Perhaps a little bit of a false dawn in the end. Mm. Um, but it was like, oh, you know, this kind of sensuous football, and you know, the the talk of you know being a, more of an attack-based team and more possession-based, but. Yeah, that was that was a nice goal, as you say. Neto's uh, was good. Uh, Jimenez, who was that? What, is he against Newcastle when he just hit it on the turn from the oh, yeah, from the be, from yeah. the edge of the box? Um yeah. that was decent. But um, yeah, I think Matinho's, is yeah. I, I think at the minute he's leading the way for goal of the season.
0: Yeah, I think so too, mate. Absolutely superb strike. Um, who else have we got here? Uh, Richard says, "Do you think they'll commit to a back four now and have recruitment lessons being learnt? Can we finally sign a centre back and a centre mid in the summer?
1: We, they've got to sign a centre back and a centre mid in the summer. If if they're down, then yeah, I don't know what they're thinking. If they're down, to be honest, um, yeah. The, I mean, you could argue a midfielder and a centre half should have been done last summer. They weren't. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're, they're an absolute must." this summer Mm -hmm. in terms of a back four it's weird because you know I thought three going back to a three would be the answer um but I don't think they look any more defensively solid majorly in whatever system that they that they play I don't know maybe they are a bit more open in a four but they just they can't attack it seems in in a three um yeah, I think probably just leaning towards the four after finally ending the ending the rot we, um, against Arsenal and maybe see a four again against Leicester. But um, you know the, the real benefits of a four, I think, would be seen in the summer once, as you say, you sign a, a, a pro, you know a, a proper top rate right centre half and um, and, a, and, a, and a proper you know another presence in the middle of the park. Great
0: stuff. Thank you very much. Joe, uh, any others? Let's have a look. Da, 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 da. Um, no, there's some good ones here. Um, so yeah, where do we strengthen the summer, Josie? That's that's exactly what you think, yeah. That that has to be.
1: Well, just the same as last week, yeah. So they've got to strengthen the spine of the team. So centre b centre back, centre mid, and and striker are the three priority positions. Whether Jose is the striker or not, and then you know you're looking at more. On the periphery is mm-hmm. the is the goal, is the goal keep, keeping situation. Woody's out of contract in the summer. Will he extend or will he want to go out and and uh, you know play regular football for the final few years of his career? Mm-hmm. So if if he does, then you're probably thinking that's got to be looked at. Whether they think Sondergaard's ready to be a number two and they sign somebody else for the 23s, or whether they get a more experienced number two in. So um, yeah, so down the spine really, I think. On the wings, they've probably got enough. Maybe you could look at a winger as well. Um, you know, just to kind of give, give them something a little different. Obviously, it depends on who leaves the club. I, I, obviously, the, there won't be any massive departures, but it's always a possibility. Um, so uh, down the middle is, is is the key, and then I'd probably say the goalkeeper, and then perhaps another winger.
0: Yeah, I would. I would agree, Joe. I think that I think hopefully we can keep this squad. Plus two or three additions together, keep everybody fit, and I think they'll probably say, "Look, you guys, you some of you are absolute superstars. Let's really go for it this year." And then if it does happen, great. If it doesn't happen, then I think I think the following season that's when they'll look at it about you know potentially one or two might look at getting a move, a Champions League move. And to be honest, I wouldn't begrudge them that. I really wouldn't. No, so, yeah, but I hope they can give them enough, yeah. it and really really go for it next year. Uh, Wayne Edwards. When is the world going to find out about your marriage to Jackie Oatley? It's bigger news than Brexit and COVID. So, is so it? yeah, basic, basic, basically. I think I mentioned this before as well. But Google have Jackie Oatley uh, and me as as married. On what? Yes. Yeah, so it's quite quite Serious? crazy situation. Yeah. So apparently really? I am Jackie Oatley's husband. So um, <laughs> it's sort of like many many different sites, and uh, so I'm going to read this one. So here we go. It goes. Uh, Married oh. to Jackie Oatley. Jackie Oatley shares a blissful marriage, married life with the love of her life, Nathan Judah, who like, who, like her, has a successful career ahead of him. Nathan, her husband, and the man of many talents. I like the person who's written this. Specialised in digital sports editing, video anchoring, sports writing, hosting podcasts, and a few more. The highly respected broadcaster and her spouse are famous for their witty to and fro <laughs> over Twitter. It's like the ritual they have formed. Nathan, who would share something beautiful about their wedding anniversary and Jackie's funny comment would proceed right after. So then they've got a picture of me and Alana, which I've tweeted out about an anniversary saying, Happy anniversary to my beautiful wife. Uh, Thank you for moving your life to the UK with a picture of me and her. And then Jackie's reply saying, Happy anniversary. It's my wedding anniversary, too. Glad you posted the pic, otherwise people might start to talk. See you Saturday. So Google have taken that, that I'm married to Jackie, and we have this to oh. and fro oh, from the marriage. The couple have produced, it goes on, the couple have produced two beautiful children, Phoebe and her adorable what? younger brother, who was born on the 21st of April, 2014. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, so there you go. Breaking news. Uh, and Judah and Jackie Oli, apparently. Uh, Alana probably in the next room isn't really enjoying listening to this podcast, but uh, yeah, um, that's uh, that's, that that's probably where we are.
1: That is that is mental. I didn't know that. Like, that is just
0: that is just a sign of how something can Google just Google. Be... Yeah, he'll that, that just... never like, that. platform will never will never he'll never get off the ground. To be fair, so I don't think many people will be able to read that. That is that,
1: I can't believe that.
0: <laughs> I'm speechless. That is, my, uh, that painting, is m- yeah. mad. That is mad. I mean, ja- Jackie's punching massively. To be fair to her, she's done very, very well. Oh, come on, know, for no. Uh, 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 hey, hey, listen. She uses my moisturiser. I use, I use her, her <laughs> eye concealer. It, it's, it's a match made in heaven. Match made in heaven. The, the YSL pen. <laughs> the YSL pen. Yeah, absolutely. Have you been using my YSL pen? right Okay. (laughs) let's move on let's move on quickly quickly (laughs) uh, before Nuno we've got Nuno in about 25 half an hour so uh, right Leicester City look Leicester are playing some really good football and whether Jamie Vardy is back or not Joe and I think he probably will be, but they play mm-hmm. Fulham off the park. I know it's Fulham, but it's still, you know, Fulham have been doing better recently. I think they're playing some better football and they've got some useful players for them. I still don't think they're completely out of it, by the way. But uh, some of the movement, and, and, and James Madison is, is absolutely on fire at the moment. And uh, when you've got the likes of, you know, Pereira back in that side now as well, who's, who's quality. You know, Castagna's out and they've got, they've got a few, I think, Fafana's out as well, but they've got a good solid... Good solid back line. They've got some really creative midfields in Harvey Barnes. Even Albrighton's doing very very well. And yeah, Nacho even scored the other the other day. But with with Vardy as that focal point, tealmans they've got some they've got some really good players. And Wolves are going to have to play a damn sight better, especially in that fir- after that first half. Like you've said, Joe, to get something from this game. However, I do think that they can get a result in this game.
1: Yeah, I, I, Leicester are a really classy outfit and in many ways what Wolves want to be. Um, you, you know, if you talk about it being a big six. I mean, I, I mean Leicester really have, have made it almost a seven, really, because it's not just this season, last season. Obviously, they won the Premier League a few years back. They're up there year in, year out, and, and for a reason. They've got a top manager, they've got a great squad, they've got a set style of playing. You know that is what Wolves want to be. They want to kind of break that traditional mould, and you know, and following the footsteps of Leicester, really. So um, yeah, I mean, these games against Leicester always tend to be pretty tight. I mean, they've they've drawn the last few last season. Obviously, lost was it one one nil there uh, earlier on this season, which was a which was a poor game, a poor performance from Wolves. But mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. neither tends to blow the other away. Um, and I'd imagine it would be very tight again. I mean, if, to be honest, I mean, I know there's an onus on wins and trying to be uh, climb up the table as quickly as possible. But again, I mean, I know you got sick for saying it the other night, but um, I'd take a point from this one. I think it'd be another step in the right direction.
0: Yeah, um, from a from Wolves team wise point of view, Joe, do you feel? I know you kind of discussed saying that you maybe bring Hoover in. Can you see that being realistic, or I'll have to wait till Nuno says if he's got if he's got some players back? But if I know, let's say at Nuri's back, mm. is he is he a given at left wing back, and or or do you go to a back three rather than a back four in this game? Is it horses for courses?
1: Maybe it's it's him at left back, but there's more than hour or some Bolly behind him to to, mm. to help him out. Um, yeah, I struggle to call it between the the three and the four. Probably, probably the four because you know whenever they play the three and they've got two in the middle of the park, you just you just think they're going to get overrun in the middle. And the, and the midfield hasn't been, you know, in, in many ways he's probably been the biggest biggest problem for for Wolves. You know that I know mm-hmm. they've lacked ruthlessness at both ends, but. You know the midfield has been just kind of bypassed in so many games. So you you do look at it at the minute and you think we probably need three in there to be honest. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. if you're playing three at the back, then you're completely losing your your width in terms of Neto and Pedes. And you know Neto's got to be in the team. So four three three, I think at the minute is 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 the way to go. Um, have that more midfield and you know don't get over in the middle of the park because if you are light in the middle, then Madison will pick up the gaps, Taylormans will start, you know, running things, you know, Chardry or either and Didi if his feet will start to break things up. They've got a good very good balance in the middle of the park, so I think the onus really is on trying to match that and trying to win the midfield battle, because if you don't then I think Leicester could really gain a foothold.
0: So can can you see a scenario maybe on on, on Sunday when you play Neves, Dendonka and Moutinho with maybe Neto and Padence either side of, of- of Jose and maybe have Triori on the bench, or do you think they'll go with those three in behind Jose like they did uh, the other night?
1: Probably those three behind Jose. I, okay. I, the The interesting thing for me is whether he does kind of say to Etinia, right, this is a this is a chance for you because Pedense really, me, I know. I'm, yeah, you're no, right. Go on, honest, carry on. Go on. P-P-Pedence doesn't look fully fit yet. No, um, he doesn't. He still looks a bit off it to me, and you know not. He's clearly, you know, he can't fault his efforts, and he's still having an impact on games. But I don't think he's still quite hundred percent. And you know, you saw Vitini talking about his miss uh, with with the Wolves team, as you say, and and you know, being disappointed in that. You know, it, ultimately, you've got to see him, and you've got to kind of run the rule over him to decide whether he's going to be worth splashing the cash on in the summer. You know, is is that a time to, to perhaps play him? Probably not, but. I don't know. It's um, I thought he was decent off the bench, so I, I think that's I think that's the one really who's that who's going to be that spearhead of the of the midfield three.
0: Interesting. I, I'd say it'd be the three tried and tested, and maybe have maybe yeah, probably. But, but that, that's what you, I would. But yeah, I, I can see it. I can understand what you're trying to say, and you can understand that. And you could quite easily do that. It'd be interesting if Atinu get a chance. It'd be interesting if he does get a run at some point to see what they're made of. And if he does get a run, then that means that you know that. They obviously haven't made a decision yet, and I hope he does get the chance to show what he can do because I, I do feel that we haven't quite seen him yet. Uh, but but is the trust there? Uh, you know, the trust only comes from the training field. So we shall see, Joe. Right, it is Leicester. It is Wolverhampton is at Molyneux Sunday. We shall both be there. Can we have a prediction on the game, please? Uh, one all. I'll go one all. One yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to be something like that as well. I'm going to yeah. go score draw. I'm going to say two two just because I like to see four goals, but I do think it could be <laughs> uh, uh, one one. Yeah, one
1: one. Get Jose off the mark. And, Jose, uh,
0: no way, Jose.
1: Get get Jose off the mark. Get a draw in the bag, and I think that would be a, a pretty good afternoon's work.
0: Go on to Southampton nine nil. Yeah. Yeah yeah, two, the, 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 <laughs> yeah. The, the, the 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 two the two game two game against Southampton we'll be getting bored by them by the end of the season but uh no let's let's try and get a positive result i think it Let's keep on getting these points and uh, and then hopefully they can go into, the, like I say, that run of, of nice fixtures and and really push and, and maybe win that, that mini league that I said that we talked about earlier on. Joe, been a pleasure, mate. I'll see you Sunday. Thank you as ever. We've got to pop on and uh, have a chat with Nuno now, mate. I'm sure people want to ask some questions from the from the fans. Maybe we should put that out there. They all ask us to say, why well, answer this question, Nuno. Joe, answer, ask this. Put that one out there, mate. You'll probably get 150 responses uh, before we get onto the Zoom chat. Thank you very much, Carl. See you uh, at the weekend. From me, from Joe, have a great weekend. Fingers crossed three points. But we'll take one. Take care. Bye bye.